Welcome to the Virgin Diabetic Podcast. My name is Denise Panzers, diabetes and holistic lifestyle coach. Type 2 diabetes is a disease that plagues over 115 million in the U.S. and hundreds of millions worldwide. I was one of those unlucky people to be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and prescribed medication with four daily insulin shots. I was devastated. I realized, contrary to what everyone told me, I could reverse my diabetes, and my happy day was when I eliminated all medication and insulin and regained my health. Join me on this journey to learn and gain insight on reversing the effects of your diabetes. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Today, I have Dr. William Sue with me, who has been an endocrinologist for uh, over 20 years at Harvard's Jocelyn Diabetes Center. And he has joined El Nutra back in 2019 as their chief medical officer. And in his role, Dr. Sue leads the clinical development effort at El Nutra and oversees the medical affairs department and advances the education and adoption of fasting and interestingly enough, fasting mimicking diet, which is an innovative tool to extend the human health span. So Dr. Sue, I am so happy that you're here joining me today. I think you have a lot of wonderful information to share with folks. And if you don't mind, I'm going to come right out of the box with a question that I get frequently asked by my clients. And they always hear about fasting and people are curious, is this here to stay? Is it a fad? Maybe you could speak a little bit to that so we can clear the air right away. Well, thank you, Denise. Uh, It's such a pleasure to be on your show. The question you asked is a very relevant one because after all, we've seen fasts come and go. But if you look at fasting, it's one of the most original diets that all living organisms have been on. Think about this, right? So if you look at a, a lion in the wild, most of the time it's doing fasting. And in fact, that feeding is the interruption of, of fasting, right? Between hunts, well, what does the lion go through? It goes through a fasting period. And so much the same, we also see this in human cultures and traditions. Every culture and tradition There is a fasting tradition in there. In fact, you see that across every religion, every continent, every people group. And so I think this is one of the most original diet or dietary pattern. And in fact, what's different today is now we have uncovered a lot of the science behind it to support this really an age old practice. I could not agree with you more. And I think it's a very easy way to think of fasting. You gave it a very positive spin. Most of the time, what I hear from folks who have tried fasting is they got tired of doing it over time. And so then they just let it go and completely quit that process. Um, But you put a, a very easy spin on it that I think we were kind of looking at it a little backwards. Um, when I was looking at your website, one of the terms I saw in there was health span. And that's not one that we typically talk about. Can you explain a little bit of that? And then how do we optimize health span? This uh, term health span is not uh, sort of uh, at the tip of our tongue at a daily language. A lot of the times we express it in a different way, right? In a common language. That is, I don't simply want to live very long. I don't want to simply live a long life. If towards the end of that life 
of that living is filled with a lot of diseases and suffering. And so the concept of health span is really about adding life to life, right? The concept that all of us wanted to live healthy long rather than living sick long. And so the company vision has always been to give people the ability to live with high quality of life, live healthy beyond the boundaries and limitation of aging. And I think that that's a common uh, desire for most of us, right? To want it to live a healthy long. Yes. And I, I get the, the sense from many of folks that I've spoken to over the years is we just assume our last years are not going to be healthy. And I think that's an unhealthy assumption, don't you? <laughs> well, because we've had such terrible experiences taking care of our elderly members of the family. And one of the contributions to all that situation of where people are not healthy is because we've, we've really missed the idea here that we thought uh, simply by living longer is the ultimate goal. But you're absolutely right. I think if we change our mindset and understand that there are possibility for us to live healthy longer, that is really the goal for healthcare. Actually, the, the goal should be for all of us uh, to strive after. Yes. And, you know, I completely agree on that. And I think, you know, especially the last 40, 50 years, so much food has just become available. I don't even know if we can call all of it food, quite honestly, yeah. but it's been placed right in front of us with all of the marketing that says, oh, it's fat-free, low this, low that, carb-free, sugar-free, that we're in such a hurry today that we're going to grab anything that appears or sounds to be healthy instead of really just going back to basics. Like you mentioned with the opening question where food really is interrupting our fasting time instead of the other way around. And I think we've really complicated things through the years with our health, right? Yeah. I think year 2000, around that time, was when we started seeing the huge epidemic of diabetes sweeping through the globe. That was also around the time when the number of people impacted by overnutrition exceeds the number of people affected by malnutrition, which is, has always been the nutritional challenge right, that we face as the human race. And so Something happened, you know, with prosperity, the rise of middle class on a global situation. I think we really tipped the balance just around the turn of the millennium. And foodborne diseases really has been a major problem. I mean, use that term very liberally, meaning that it doesn't mean infectious disease, but the too much nutrition, too much food really has driven much of our challenges, right, in our current days. If you look at sort of the cost for mortality, I think in our country, around 86% of the people die of non-communicable disease that are preventable. These are by and large driven by the way we eat throughout our uh, life cycles. And that is a major accusation of how we, especially sort of the healthcare industry really has not done a good job addressing this issue. Now, I agree with you. And uh, at every turn, we think everything should be around food. <laughs> so hopefully we'll work on everybody and, and, and get them to think a little bit differently. Maybe you could take a little bit and explain what fasting mimicking diet is and, and how that works. 
Yeah. So you've mentioned, you know, all throughout the ages, I think people practice fasting one way or the other, but that has always been with water. And I would be the first to admit as a physician, if I go to a medical conference and they don't feed us, we complain that that's not a good conference. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We all know better. But the reality is, you know, if you were to ask me to fast, especially for a prolonged period of time, is very challenging. Now, and just to also to mention many of your listeners and my patients who might have a desire to want to fast, but fasting may be too stressful for their bodies because of the conditions they have, right? And so while we all know fasting is good, it's hard to do. Just like many of us uh, realize that uh, exercise three times a week and and, and so on and so forth, 150 minutes a week is wonderful for us. But honestly, you know, what percentage of our population does that on a regular basis? So there is a theoretical benefits, right? But there is also a pragmatic challenge. Exactly. The fasting mimicking diet was developed to address those challenges. We realized that, uh, you know, for example, that uh, there are these sensors, nutrient sensors that's inside every cell that tells each cell if there are nutrients around. When these cells sense the nutrients are, are, are floating about in the bloodstream, it gets the signal from those nutrients to tell them to grow, to multiply, right? And when those signals are suppressed, meaning that there's no food around, the cell says, hey, it's not time to grow anymore. We should recycle. We should rejuvenate. We should rest. So think about this. Over the last couple of decades, you know, we live in a society where that signal is always on. You know, the signal of food availability is always on. So what do the cells do? They get the signals that there's no time to rest. we got to process. We have to grow. We have to multiply. And so if you're like me, an adult, uh, just like you and me, right? I mean, what do we need to grow now? <laughs> well, exactly. It's And usually it's the wrong way, right? But we grow sideways. Exactly. I mean, that's where we grow, right? <laughs> and that's where the challenge, that's, you know, we talked about foodborne disease. That's what happens. And so the body really needs to down kind of slow down on those signaling. We need to provide periods of resting. The fasting mimicking diet was developed uh, through fundings uh, from the National Institutes of Health uh, for over the last 20 years, right? It was discovered and developed in University of Southern California Laboratory by Professor Walter Longo. And through the understanding of the molecular mechanism on these nutrient sensors, Professor uh, uh, Walter Longo was able to come up with a structural meal plan that when it's given to the body, the body senses the food because you're eating food. But the particular composition of the diet does not trigger these nutrient sensors in the cells. So in other words, one would be benefiting from many of the benefits of fasting without going through an entire period with no food. And hence the name fasting mimicking. And so let let me explain it in another way. If we're able to give nutrients in such a way where the amount of food and the type of food falls under the detection of these nutrient sensors in the cells, then you can nourish and fast at the same time. So that's that's really the innovative solution of the fasting mimicking diet. And I love that. And I think it's simple. Um, so what I hear you saying is basically, yes, we still need to feed the body those nutrients, but we're going to allow the cells to rest and recycle. So we're not constantly um, having them be overworked. 
and grow sideways, I guess is <laughs> right, is, is kind of what we're looking at. Is that a simple way to kind of rephrase that? That's absolutely right. It's really a pragmatic solution. Think about it. I mean, this is a five-day meal plan. Everything you eat is in within the day box. So each day box has soups, nuts, and micronutrients like vitamins and alcohol oil that supports what the body needs during a fasting period, but at the same time, keeps body in a fasted state. And so you can last five days of fast. Think about it. If you don't have this kind of, uh, of science behind this with this type of product, you will have to actually go through a five days of water-only fast, which is really very difficult. In fact, I feel it's almost unethical to recommend that kind of diet for everybody, given that uh, many people have different conditions and tolerance and so on and so forth. Okay. So what would be considered, is that five day considered a prolonged fast? What would you consider prolonged fasting versus uh, intermittent? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, when we, our society now talks about fasting, we often refer to the intermittent fasting. Now, intermittent fasting, as the, the word implies, you do it intermittently. And most people are referring to the time-restricted eating kind of lifestyle, meaning that there are certain hours of the day I eat and there are certain time, uh, hours of the day I don't eat. For example, if you will follow the circadian fasting, it will be a 12-12, where 12 hours you eat, 12 hours you don't eat. The 16-8 regimen will be 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating. So in other words, you limit all of your food consumption within the eight-hour period but you're still consuming something every day. What you have mentioned, uh, the term prolonged fasting or periodic fasting refers to actually longer period of time, generally fasting of more than two consecutive days. So it would be three, four, five days. These would be called the periodic fasting or prolonged fasting. The fasting mimicking diet is designed to mimic a prolonged fast or periodic fast. Okay. And so that you are able to go through five days and benefit from that five days of fasting, although you're being nourished by the nutrients that's provided in the fasting mimicking diet. And, and I think, you know, that, that prolonged and periodic fasting, it does something very different than intermittent fasting. And that's important for our listeners to know that. Intermittent fasting can be practiced every day, right? If you do a 16A, 12-12, whatever that's right for you, but it's never going to achieve the kind of stress that causes the cells to rejuvenate and to recycle. I often use an example like, you know, a family finance, right? <laughs> Let's say, you know, for some reason, you know, your income gets interrupted for a week, you might be able to survive that. You say, oh, you know, I have some saving. I'm going to shift the funds around a little bit. But what if it's a month? What if it's three months? It's the stress of that prolonged the reduction in your income that forces you to do something differently, right? We got to start saving. Uh, we can throw away these, the, the, all the, the paper plates. You know, maybe let's wash, <laughs> let's use, uh, use plates rather than paper plates because now right? We've got to recycle these very precious uh, resources. And that's exactly what happens to the cells and to the body. It's the prolonged fasting that provides enough stress that causes the rejuvenation to occur. And, and, and that's a very important distinction. A lot of people think, oh, it's all about calorie restriction. It's actually not. You could be eating 400, 500 calories. That sounds very little, right? But if you don't eat the right things, these nutrient sensors are going to say, oh, there's food. 
So what you do is you're just eating a low calorie diet. You have not activated the survival mechanism that is often associated with fasting. So it's two things, right? So it has to be long enough. The stress also has to be strong enough to cause the cells to change. And that's really the difference between intermittent fasting and a prolonged or periodic fasting. Also, that's also the difference between just a low calorie diet versus fasting. And I think those are great because, you know, I speak to so many people that say, hey, I'm just cutting my calories and I lost a couple pounds. I'm doing pretty well, but they never really seem to cross that threshold is what I hear you say. And, and, um, and, and I've seen that firsthand as well. So if we're looking at prolonged fasting, how should somebody approach that? How often would you do the five day mimicking diet? Does it depend on your, your overall health and the chronic disease? disease that you may be dealing with. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and, and of course, I, you know, uh, I think I wanted to speak in general terms because uh, I don't know your specific health uh, situation. Right. Always good to talk to your doctor about that. But in general, you don't want to do periodic fasting so often where the body doesn't have time to replete all the nutrients. That's something I wanted to emphasize. A lot of people stress you know, the benefits of fasting. But think about this. If prolonged starvation is good for <laughs> human race, then after every famine, I mean, the human longevity should increase. I mean, the disease should be gone, but right? But in fact, people are weakened through a prolonged fast, right? So, so or through starvation period. So right. I, I think what the missing dialogue here in, in a lot of the, the things we read today is the importance of refeeding. Refeeding is a period that immediately follows a fasting period. That is the time where you want to make sure your body gets all the right nutrients, right? Enough nutrients. You want to give body a time to recycle, but also to grow. It's actually the repeated cycles of fasting and refeeding, fasting and nourishment. That is really the secret to, to a healthy longevity lifestyle not just the fasting itself. So I think it's, it's very important for us to bring that out. And, and therefore, we would recommend you do a five-day fasting mimicking diet for only once a month and allow the rest of the 25 days for the body to rejuvenate, to replenish. So the stress is optimal stress for, for this recycling, for this rejuvenation to occur. Good. And then I think most people could probably buy into that where they don't feel like they have to constantly do this week after week after week. I would assume also through that prolonged fasting, uh, those folks that have very big appetites, that should start reducing over time and should reset hopefully how they're going to be reintroducing food. Denise, I, I think you are, this is such an important point here. The benefits of fasting or going through a fasting mimicking diet is not limited only to a physiologic changes. There's something amazing that does to our mental health as well, our sense of well-being. After five days of fast, many people report enhancement of mental clarity. A lot of people feel a sense of uh, resurgence of energy. Uh, they feel better. They feel a sense of accomplishment. And in fact, many people do report that it changes the relationship they have with food. And, and so you're absolutely right. So one of the most often, so frequent question that people ask after five days of fasting mimicking diet is, what do I eat now? Because I've taken care of myself. 
Right. I have gone through this five day of, in a way, a cleanse, a, a fast. I don't want it to pollute my body anymore. Now I realize that everything that I that I didn't have control with, and, and I polluted my body for all this time. What do I eat? And you see the change in the mindset, the change in the level of motivation, and that's partly why you can imagine every culture, religion, all advocate the benefits of fasting. Exactly. And I do think we've been kind of looking at it a little bit the wrong way. And if I can add, you know, you mentioned about mental clarity, and that's huge, especially for most of the folks that I'm working with. Um, they're 50, 60 and above. And mental clarity, you don't think you're going to get back just because of aging. And it really has probably been pushed more due to lifestyle. So I've seen the mental clarity improve, um, glucose levels absolutely improve. Uh, we're clearing out and uh, improving liver conditions. Um, and I actually, to be honest, and, and I hope folks realize this, one of my clients came back who had a frozen shoulder that she's been dealing with through um, therapy for three months after doing a five-day prolonged type fasting, came back and said she was like 75 or 80% better from that fasting. So that physical aspect of pain started to dissipate because we reduced inflammation. I think, you know, uh, as a clinician at heart, um, with 20 years of, of clinical experience, the principle I always follow, number one, is do no harm. we got to do this safely. Right. And so that's why I think, you know, I would not advise our listeners to go into straight into a five-day water-only fast. That would be way too stressful, right? Experiment with intermittent fasting, you know, start maybe with 12-12, 14-10, 16-A, just see how your body is experiencing fasting. And then certainly, you know, if you want to try periodic fasting, I would think that trying on a fasting mimicking diet would be one of the smartest way to do this, one of the safest way to do this. I would certainly not recommend us to jump right straight into and it's almost like asking you, somebody who's never run, to run a marathon the first time. I, I think that'll be unwise. I could not agree with you more. I do think stepping into it. Before we have to wrap this up, um, did you want to share how folks can either go to the website and check out El Nutra? If they have questions, you know, what can they do from there? I think this is a very doable approach compared to what, you know, a lot of folks have struggled with in understanding fasting. And I think this brings safety. And I think it actually brings that mental ability to say, oh, okay, I don't have to starve myself. I could do something like this. I think, you know, uh, I would point you to l-neutra.com. That's our corporate website. From that website, you get to see what we as a company, you know, aspires to be innovative, aspires to really bring a different way of thinking about nutrition and fasting. So uh, it has a description of our our vision and mission and our technology. I think that's worth uh, looking at. And then for more product specific, I would take you to prolongfmd.com. That's a website that would detail sort of the, the products that are available that leverages the science of fasting mimicking diet. Good. I, and I think my listeners will definitely be checking that out. I think it gives them another way to look at improving their health without feeling like they have to give everything up. And that I think is one of our issues in society. We're afraid to give things up, but I think we forget we can gain so much more in our health. 
I think perfect is really uh, when it comes to our behavior change, the enemy of good. And, um, you know, there's no way that all of us are going to be perfect all the time. Look for pragmatic solutions. Incorporate fasting in your lifestyle. Intermittent fasting is an easy way to do it. Fasting mimicking diet weight is a smart and convenient way to try periodic fasting. I hope uh, your listeners uh, can begin to take a first step towards uh, trying out fasting as part of their lifestyle. Yes, and I, th- I actually think many, many will. So um, again, Dr. Sue, thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Sue is with us today, Chief Medical Officer of L Nutra. You can check out prolonfmd.com or l-nutra.com for more information. And I think it's an exciting way to look at uh, improving our health without starving ourselves. So Dr. Sue, I want to thank you for joining me today. And uh, I know our listeners are going to be excited to hear this great information that you shared with us today. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me today, Denise. Thank you for joining me today. New episodes are released on the first and third Wednesday each month. For more information or a free consultation, visit reversemydiabetes.net. Follow me on Instagram, The Virgin Diabetic, and on Facebook, Reverse My Diabetes. I wish you the best of health.